This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris Banky. I'm going to be your host today and we've got another amazing episode for you today. We've got with us Donovan Vaughn, <laughs> which is cool. We've been getting him out here more, which is fantastic. He has a lot of good stuff to say. And Veronique Vaughn, they're together in case you didn't know that's why she's hitting him. And Bobby Hobby. Bobby, thanks for joining us hey again. There. And this is actually a continuation of our last episode that we, where we were really starting to dig in at a very high level uh, into prophecy and the prophetic. And it's just so timely um, because there's so much uh, exposure, exposure to this now that there never has been in history. Never in the history of mankind have we ever had so much exposure with the internet to people doing prophecy and giving prophetic words and so forth. So it's very timely and um, we just could not get everything that we needed to into that last episode. So if you're listening to this one and you haven't heard the last one, definitely hit subscribe and go back and listen to the other one as well. You don't necessarily have to listen to that one first, but you want to hit both of them. They're packed with great information. But I'd love to just pick up kind of where we left off, which is digging into these different things that are out there that are surround the whole idea and understanding and theology of the prophetic. So in that last episode, we talked a lot about understanding that from a theological standpoint, this is a gift that God has given us Mm. and it it should be used for edification. Mm -hmm. And uh, with those kind of things as the foundation, um, you know, it can be a very incredible and powerful thing. Uh, One of the things that I think we, we, you know, we talked about in our pre-show was how often it's not used in an edifying way. And it can be a very negative thing. And we were kind of sharing some stories, which I don't think we should share. Um, but just you, people know, right? People know, and they're afraid of it. Um, and this is just this kind of non-edifying prophetic, you know, stuff that happens mm. way too often. Can you guys speak to that to some degree? Yeah, I think that, uh, for instance, we can all discern things. We can discern evil. We can discern what people are going through. We can discern, oh, it looks like on your face, you're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And so there's a few ways to discern things spiritually, naturally. Um, and discernment is not necessarily a word from God. So let's, uh, in the training that we do around here, uh, and here's my shameless plug, you're going to we're going to do a training in January, I believe, uh, and uh, we might make it into an e-course for you to get right here on the uh, Kingdom Learning yes. dot live. Absolutely. And so, anyhow, um, so let's talk about in in that course we talk about the difference between discernment and a word from God. 
So you walk into an environment and you're discerning, wow, there's evil in this store. I don't know what it is. I don't know who it is. I want to point the gun at the, you know, the, the, the prophetic trigger at the person behind the counter. It's got to be them. And we have no idea what's happened in that building. It's 100 years old. You know, it can't right. possibly be the 14-year-old behind the counter. And so... Um, we just automatically start, well, who is it? And scanning the room, if you will, and you're looking for... The bad you know, guy. Yeah, the bad guy in the room. And just it's so easy. And then our, our second stage in discernment is, what do I do? And then I'm out of here. I just walked into this environment. The hair on the back of my neck completely stood up. That means go. I'm out of here. And you just turn around and you... Whew, and you get outside on the sidewalk, and you were like, wow, that was crazy in Dodged there. Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> oh, thank God. And so, you know, discernment is a great gift, but mm -hmm. it's not to be confused yeah. with a prophetic word from God. So discernment would say something is going on, and that is on my radar. I can feel it, sense it, know it, however you hear from God. But what is God saying? I haven't prophesied yet. Yep. I haven't spoke the word of God yet. That's just what I'm picking up on in the atmosphere, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But what is God saying to that environment? And how do I change it through the prophetic word? Remember, God started prophesying by creating all things. The world was without form it was void and then god said let there be and then god made and then god said and 10 yeah. 12 15 times in genesis 1 and 2 alone god said and god said and god said mm. so he begins to create by what comes out of his mouth so how do we then go beyond our discernment to create an atmosphere when our discernment would make us feel like oh there, that this is all there is to it no, prophecy hasn't even started yet. Wow. So I think that's, I'm really glad that you, wow. that you're starting off like that because yeah. I think it's very easy to um, get like the tingly. And, um, and what I think I hear you saying is that, that that's not necessarily not from God. God might be speaking to you, but that's a different thing than, uh, than prophecy, than, than doing actual prophecy. Can you absolutely? Speak to that? Yeah. yeah. If I was to put it into steps uh, for the practical or or levels or whatever, I would say discernment's like level one, right? I just walk into a room, my radar goes off, and it doesn't always go off evil. It could mm -hmm. mean amazing, mm -hmm. um, but then that doesn't mean just because I'm discerning that that's the word. You know, in other words, I discern that you're struggling with pornography. That's not a word from God. Right. That I mean, it takes no discernment hardly to understand that people are struggling with stuff. Mm. But what is the word of God saying to that person that's struggling? So the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are at enmity with one another, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. So what does the word enmity mean? It means going in opposite directions. So if my flesh is struggling with pornography... It's going in that direction, but the Spirit of God is going in the opposite direction. Mm. Then the word for that person is purity. That's really good. And you start creating, and that's what the, where the Bible comes in line, speaking the things that are not mm. as though they are. Mm. I'm going to actually create your tomorrow by what comes out of my mouth. And not just because I spoke it, like positive thinking, 
or positive confession, but because it's the Word of God. The Bible says the spirit and the flesh are mm. going in opposite directions. So if you're struggling with the flesh, then the spirit says over you, purity, 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 purity. Mm. So what I'm hearing you say is discernment, step one. What does God say about this, step two? Without the what does God say about this, you're just you're just discerning what's happening. Mm. Correct. Right? So some people might call that like street smarts. Like I, I know I'm sense I'm my, my spidey. Okay. We're doing more air quotes. My spidey senses are telling me that yeah. this is a dangerous or something evil or something's going on. Then what does God say about it? Exactly. What do I do with the information that I've been given? I can either be a thermostat and just read and react to the temperature in the environment. I can be a thermometer to read and react mm. to the temperature in the environment, or I can be a thermostat and actually change mm. the temperature in the environment. So if I, if I have received a word in the, in the past where someone has read my mail, and we'll do those air quotes again, because that's another term that I use I read share a lot. Mail. Read my mail. Um, and it's been along the lines, uh, you struggle with the Lord's, thus saith the Lord. That's the good one, right? Thus saith the Lord. God you struggled me. with pornography. <laughs> it puts a little bit more oomph <laughs> on it, doesn't it? God is telling thus me. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Um, he says, thus saith the Lord. You, I see you're struggling with pornography. And um, unless you change your ways, I see you going into the pit of hell. It's let. Lest, lest, lest you lest change you. your ways. Like I have for reals heard prophecies like this that make me want to die on the inside. I literally do feel like there's a part of me that has died on the inside because that didn't feel like the Lord. Unless the Lord's hand of discipline would be to do that to me in front of everyone, I cannot see that being. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But please help me understand those moments. Yeah, I think it's super easy to be afraid of prophecy because some, maybe you've been in that environment that Veronique's describing where someone um, used discernment, air quotes, as a prophecy. And they didn't go beyond discernment. And mm. so that became the word of the Lord is what they discerned. Mm. They didn't, you know, inquire of the Lord. Well, what are you saying out of that? I'm discerning this in someone's life or in the atmosphere, but Lord, let me go beyond discernment. What are you saying? And they didn't do that because yeah. they didn't maybe know to do that. Yeah. So they just prophesied what was sort of right above their head. Mm. Um, and gosh, I mean, Satan's the prince of the power of the air. Right. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that we can pick up on. Mm. So, how do I know? And that goes back to 1 Corinthians 13. It's got to be for edification, yeah. exhortation, and comfort. The Lord himself is not going to break the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So if how does, your, thus says the Lord, you're struggling with pornography. Right. How, does, how is that edification, exhortation, and right. comfort? And so again, though, does that mean someone might ask the question that, if the Lord has spoken to you several times about something that's, you know, going on behind the scenes in your life that at some point he won't shout it from the rooftops right. type of thing. Right. There are times when that does happen. 
which reminds me of that scripture in Proverbs, he who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy, which is very shocking. Yes. But I guess it is. Definitely don't be stiff-necked is one rule. Right? Right? It's the exception to the rule. Right. It's that that Romans 4, don't you know that the kindness of God is meant to lead you to repentance? And then it's Romans, what, 11, behold the kindness and the severity of God. Mm. So that's part of the word, too. You get to that point where, I don't know if you could ever exhaust the kindness of God, Mm. but maybe on a situation or something he's dealing with you on, Mm. and finally the Lord comes and says, hey, no, serious. Mm. And if he ever has to expose anything like that, it's to expose the things that hinder love. And so that's where I'm not sure he would do it in front of everyone. I'm not sure that he would. I mean, even when the Pharisees were trying to do that to the to the lady, he come up to her and he goes, hey, which one of you has right? no sin? Right. Let him cast the first stone. Right. And he goes, lady, where are your judges or mm. your accusers? And so that spirit of accusation can't be mixed in with yeah. the Lord revealing your sin. And that's where Come we've on. gone wrong in the past. Yeah, I just feel like, I know you want to say something, but in this moment, I really just feel like there's someone here um, who just needs healing in their heart from in this area. You've either witnessed this happening or it's happened to you or to someone really close to you. And I just want to just pray healing. I feel like there's healing for your heart, your soul. Um, that the Lord would release his goodness and his kindness. And I just implore you to forgive. Forgive whoever hurt, forgive whoever spoke. And I just pull down any of the lies in Jesus' name that may have taken root. Um, And I just declare healing and life. And Father, I ask that you please send uh, true life givers Um, to these people, to whoever it is, that they would receive the opposite of what was done, um, your true heart in what was meant to be in that moment. And I just want to say this was a moment for you um, from the Lord to put his arms around you and to minister healing in this area. And I just want you to open your arms and receive it in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Sorry, I may have had my mic on mute. I just say on behalf of those prophetic people who may have been learning and learning on you um, that the boundaries that God set up, relational boundaries, if people have crossed that in your life and in the name of the prophetic, they've come into your space and all of a sudden become your... uh, a directional, correctional person in your life and expose something that wounded you in the prophetic, just know that the Lord wants to heal that too. Mm. Or people haven't known and they've trespassed into your life. Mm. And beyond boundaries that you've given them, they just started pointing out your junk and your this and that. And it wasn't edifying, exhorting, or comforting. Um, Extend forgiveness to those people right now for walking in immaturity in the prophetic. They didn't know, perhaps. Maybe they did. Maybe they used the prophetic to manipulate and win your affection. And the Lord will will deal with those people 
Um, but that is a, a big case of immaturity, and we all need to grow in that. So just, Lord, heal you if you've been the unfortunate recipient of immaturity in the prophetic as well. Yeah, and I just want to extend. I, I know sometimes we just need to hear the words, I'm sorry. And I want to extend that to you as well, just that you could hear, I'm sorry that that happened. Um, yeah. Well, Donovan, you had something? Yeah, gosh, eh? I mean, now that it seems to be going in a completely different direction, you know. Um, so I guess for me, well, I have kind of two things. Um, the one is, like, like for instance, um, let's just say, I'll use an example. Like, I remember the one time, is this, is this, is this more prayer or is this prophetic? Like, I remember the one time Veronique and I, we were, um, we were just, we were at home. And she was, she was just saying she never has God dreams, you know. Now, I didn't like, I didn't like tap in, okay, you know, discern or like, okay, God, you know, what, what do I need to do? I just literally, I said to her, just dream, you know. And she dreamt. You know, she had, you know, that night she had a God dream. Now, is that, is that, is that being prophetic? Is that, is that, just, is that just God answering prayer in that situation? Yeah, I think the prophetic can be very declarative. I think that there's, um, in essence, that's what it is. It's declarative. It's releasing of an impartation. It's speaking to what God wants to do now. It's bringing you present. Um, sometimes it's forthtelling about the future as well. Um, but then also um, hearing God in prayer, because there's a lot of intercessors who hear the Lord and then pray what they're hearing. Um, so prayer and the prophetic are seamlessly tied together. Absolutely. So with what you did, is that prayer by just decreeing something? Dream. I would call that prophetic on the decreeing side. If you had said, Lord, I ask that in you know, Jesus' name, but still, even that is splitting hairs. That can still be saying, I believe that the Lord wants to give you dreams, so dream now. Even if you prayed that prayer over someone, if that's what the Lord wants to do now, you're praying according to what you feel He is saying to you in the moment. That's where prayer becomes prophetic. Okay. All right. Great. And then the other thing is, um, so you, you, from what I've seen, like you get different types of prophetic people who seem to, um, they, they seem to get much more insight or like they can see whether it's a week or a year, five years, 10 years or whatever it is. Okay. They can actually speak things um, about the future. And in sometimes in, 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 in pretty good detail, it's not very generalized. It's, it's really good detail. Um, is it, do some people, is that just the capacity that God has given them or, um, or is it just something that they've they've maybe desired earnestly, and it's just it's just grown that way? But I'm just curious. Yeah, I think so. I think that we can all grow. So the Bible says that you may all prophesy and do it one by one, so that all may learn, so that all may grow. So that means you can grow. Thank God. And Hebrews five and six talk about that you grow by reason of use. So the more you use it, the more you will grow, and the more you'll discern. God's heart from your heart and from the person's heart because there's an aspect that we're not talking about that you can pick up on what a person is desiring and prophesy that if you don't watch it. So um, you get to learn your heart versus God's heart versus the person's heart and learn to discern, um, so to speak, 
um, by which you're speaking. So you start off with um, getting impressions, and then maybe that goes to what the Bible would call words of knowledge. And the next thing you know, you're looking a little further down into the future, forth-telling the Bible would talk about. So the Bible is very clear in the Old and New Testament that we would use the word prophecy or prophesy or prophetic, and there's different words for that. There's the immediate bubble up, which is the naba in Hebrew word. That means I just got something for you now. There's another word, hawin or shawin, that means to get something over time. I've been pondering something for you, and it's kind of like when um, Daniel was reading uh, the, the books of the Chronicles and came across Jeremiah's prophecy from 70 years prior. And he goes, 70 years is up. Oh, God, you're going to release us from captivity. I just stumbled across the 70-year prophecy of Jeremiah's. And then he goes into intercession and begins to prophesy a now word that was actually incubating for 70 years. So, yes, in both. I believe that um, you will get the now words. You'll get words of knowledge. But I also think that as we grow in the prophetic, we'll also tap into the God who sort of stands outside of time, if you will. I'd like to switch gears a little bit. Um, And I think whenever you're talking about things like um, prophecy, you know, there's always... It's just so so much, right? right. It's a very rich topic, um, but I really I, I really feel like there's a lot of people that are listening to this or being exposed to it for the first time in recent days, maybe even on this actual podcast, and um, and and they're hearing this and they're like, okay, all right, all right, it's I hear the scriptures, okay, that's a real thing, but they're afraid to step into it, so. Is this something that we should step into? Like, what 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 do you say to the person who's like, I'm I'm okay with it, but I'm just gonna sit comfortably here and let you guys here come the air quotes go into this prophetic stuff. What are your what are you guys' thoughts on that? Like, um, is this something that Christians, you know, as a whole should be stepping into, or is it okay to just kind of sit back in the comfortable seat and? and let other people go down that? Well, I would love to answer that one with, um, do we still need to be edified today? Do we still need to be comforted and exalted? And I would love to come full circle, going back to the Civil War word, and maybe answer it from that perspective, because that is for a here and now time. Would that benefit us? And I feel like, uh, you know, we... We're wanting these prophetic words, or maybe we're nervous about it, but if we recognize that this word was given, and look how it can benefit us now, maybe we would be a little bit more open to it being something that we would be able to dive into. Yeah, so so uh, what Veronique's referencing is in the past, the previous episode, which if you haven't heard, go listen to it after this one, we talked about one of the things that Eagle Mountain does. And they have this prophetic uh, round table once a year. Um, and in that, in the one for um, 2020, which was uh, January 2020, there was a prophetic word around the Civil War. So I think this is a great segue, actually, excellent segue into, you know, is that, like, 
So what, what's happened with that prophetic word? How has it been edifying? Has it been edifying? What, like, is this like, just how's it playing out? Maybe you could kind of set that up and, and kind of go into that, Bobby. Yeah. I was thinking of first Corinthians 14, you know, begins with covet earnestly spiritual things or some of the translations earnestly desire spiritual things, but especially that you may prophesy. So why would that be put in there? The especially there's so many great things to, to go after and to be passionate about and to desire. But Lord, why would you say, and especially that you may prophesy on what value should the new Testament church be placing on that? And again, to the cessationist friends, man, if that was a release, a, a green light to go after it, um, then yeah, go after it earnestly desire spiritual things, but especially that you may prophesy you got about 20 years until this sort of tapers off. So mm -hmm. use it while you can. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine? And then Am what I about right? the people right after them yeah. who would read the Bible like me right now, like you and hear earnestly desire spiritual things, yeah. but not you, but not you. <laughs> I know, right? That doesn't work for you. And especially that you may prophesy that died out with the apostles. So you can't use that one. Mm. So, you can earnestly desire other things, but not that one, because that went away. And so you can start to see that break down pretty quickly, and not yeah. only the need for um, to hear God's voice. And yeah. so when we think of the prophetic, we think of mostly not just eschatology and the study of last things, the last days, so to speak, prophecy, but we also hear um, in that a desire for relationship and intimacy. And so God's speaking to us about this civil war, and he's saying, hey, um, a civil war is coming, but I'm going to give you some secrets on how to navigate it. And that word came a few different ways. Someone had a dream about the actual civil war. They saw people in the garb. Someone had been studying about the civil war. And another one, they had just it. They had been in conversations, and the the term civil war had come up several times. And this was before COVID broke out. This was before yeah. anything broke out. Yeah. And so, um, instead of making it, you know, uh, all putting on my Christianese, thus says the Lord. Mm -hmm. They, when I opened up the microphone and I said, guys, many of us hear on different ways as we talk about around here. Some see, some feel, some know, some get impressions. What have you been getting? And I felt to start with the topic of the Civil War. I walked wow. into the room that, and woke up that morning and knew we need to talk about the Civil War. It was just a knowing. And that was it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to open it up. We'll see if what I think I know, yeah. if it falls and nobody has anything on it, yeah. then awesome. We'll go on to the next topic. But if this is of you, Lord, then I'm going to trust that as I bring it up, somebody's going to have something on it. And mm. sure enough, dreams, as I mentioned, somebody mm. even studying it. And then we begin to go through it. And so, um, but we had no idea that... Um, there would be different opinions, different emotions. Brother against brother would break out shortly after COVID-19 and different ideologies on that. Yeah. And then the elections on both sides would happen. 
Um, there was so much happening, even in our own region, where pastors were raising up, and they were like, we're suing our governor, and if you other pastors don't sign the petition with us, then you will be against us, and we'll note the churches that sign and the churches that don't. And, you know, people are noting who voted for Trump and who didn't vote for Trump, yeah. and we're making a list and just all of this stuff that just looks like civil war. So that's what we could have gotten severely afraid if we just thought about, oh no, yeah, civil yeah. war is coming. People, brothers really are going to be willing to take the life out of their own brother. Hmm. Some physically, but some even spiritually. Yeah. I'm going to fight against you to zap the life out of you that's in you, the passion, yeah. the passion in your heart. I'm going to disregard it. I'm going to devalue it until you start to second guess yourself. Hmm. And that's what that spirit does. So we looked at it physically, and then we looked at it spiritually, because that's the way you need to. Yeah. So that you don't misinterpret what God may be saying. And so we're like, is, this, is it natural? Is it spiritual? Let's go around the room. Let's ask that question. And then um, as things begin to unfold, God said, but I'm going to help you navigate through it. So how do you continue loving your brother? That mm. was the John 14 or John 17 uh, words that came out. How do I love my brother? Because those were coming equal to the word about civil war. Then we were going, oh, wow. so now we're getting a yes. navigating point through the civil wow. war is to walk in tremendous amounts of love. And then we were like, okay, so what does love look like? And then someone would shout out, uh, well, love's not conformity. Right? It's not just, I'm going to love you, and it's not sameness. Yeah. We can't call that unity, because yeah. that's the John 17, uh, John 14 unity, is that we would be one and, and be same. That can't be what he's talking about. And so we were like, exactly. Hmm. So then we begin to trail it out, talk it out. What does it look like? And we knew that a civil war is coming. That means a difference in ideology, a difference in opinion, uh, that with the outcome would be severe to where people would want to take opposing sides on mm. it to the point where they would possibly and potentially be looking to uh, harm or discredit or severely um, ostracize a person who didn't agree with them. And that unity now was going to be called sameness. And if you didn't agree with me, then we weren't in unity, and wow. we needed to not only pray that through, hmm. but stay away from it as things unfolded. Guys, that was in January before hmm. anything broke out. So that's how we took that word. We valued it, and then we looked for ways. So what does it look like hmm. then to, and then we had strategy in advance on how to overcome. We spoke about it. We did messages on it. What is um, letting someone around you have their own opinion and not judging it look like? Yeah. Without good. dumbing down the brilliance that you carry. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I think you know as we kind of as we kind of wrap this up, I think one of the well, a couple of things that you said really um, were highlighted to me, and one of them really reminded me that we need to to not forget the lesson of Jonah. Right, he had the message, prophetic message, and he delivered it, the wrong attitude, and was actually angry that the city of Nineveh turned. He was he was angry about that. Mm. So we can easily do that. Like it's super easy to again point our fingers and still look at as a knucklehead. 
but we can easily do that, right? So as we get these prophetic words of things like a civil war and the severity and the weight of that comes, if we don't have the right perspective, if we're not looking at that with the right context, which should be from Jesus' context, then we could very easily have the right word and apply it in the wrong way. And then we're not doing the edification. So I think that the thing that you said that's so powerful um, is that we have to be doing it from the context and standpoint of the edification piece. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes hard to do that because sometimes it's easy easier to be a pessimist, especially when it feels like the whole world is turned upside down and things are going bad. It's mm-hmm. easy to, to have the more negative approach, but that's not, you know, that's not what Jesus, that's not what the example he set forward for us is. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, just really from a practical standpoint, as people are hearing this episode and the last one, and again, just remind you one more time, go listen to that last one if you haven't heard it. Um, it's, it's really fantastic, you know, a lot of wisdom in there. But from a practical standpoint, no matter where you are on the scale, whether you've been you've been deep into um, developing your own gift, your own prophetic gift, you're very familiar with it, all the way to the cessationalist that believes that this is probably you know heresy, but they're listening to this anyway, and you've piqued their interest. What's the practical advice that you guys would give to people in the times that we're in right now? What what would you say to them? Well, I mean, something I really believe is like even if you don't even if you don't believe in prophecy or or you hesitant my my advice would be is if there's someone in front of you that needs God to touch their life you pray the best prayer that you can for them and I'm telling you what there is a really good chance you're going to tap into something that you didn't know was there words are going to come out your mouth and you may afterwards be wondering oh where did that come from but if your heart is there it's like we were talking about if, you could, if the love of God is evident in those words and in your heart as it comes forth, there's going to be a release of something that comes from you to that person. And so just pray the best blessing you can over, over someone. And the worst case scenario is you encourage them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And my default is just love them, man. Just love them. If you're frustrated, if you're angry, you just default back to love. You can't go wrong with that. You were created by a God who created everything through the spoken word. You are prophetic because the one who speaks is in you. And he created you. And so often we don't know how we hear or how God speaks to us. And just remember, those of you who hear Some of you see, some of you feel, some of you just know things or discern things. That's hearing God. And some of you just need to hear that to where you can say right now, oh, I have been hearing the Lord. Oh, I do know his voice. And some of us, we we go cessationists because it hasn't happened to us yet. Uh, just like those who don't believe in speaking in tongues because it hasn't happened to them yet. And so our truth is reduced to our experience. Listen, you've been hearing from the Lord all along. You may not have just known how you hear. So start to look into this and start saying, God, have I been hearing from you through? Maybe you haven't been in the whirlwind or in the shaking of the mountains. Maybe you've been in that still small voice. 
and maybe I do hear. And just consider the possibility, not because you're anything, but because God speaks. He's amazing. And think of it this way with your own child. Let's say you had a child that was hard of hearing, like physically hearing impaired. Would you ridicule that child for not being able to hear what you're saying? Or would you speak louder as a parent? You would speak louder. You would say, son, daughter, and you would shout until that child could hear. And that's what's going on in your heart right now. You do hear his voice. And God is reaching out to you through a segment like this to say, there are people who need to hear the word of God, but you do hear my voice. It is already set in stone. My sheep hear my voice. Yeah, that's so fantastic. Thank you for that. You guys definitely subscribe to the podcast. There's other great episodes with things that are deep and heavier like this and where there's a lot of theological contention. You can't really explore every single avenue in a short podcast. So if you're feeling some tension right now and you're not really sure that you agree with us, that's fantastic news. It means you need to go do a bunch of research and really discover what the, what the Bible has to say about this. Um, so definitely don't just let that pass. Go discover. I think at the high level, the message I'm hearing from you guys and really what we're trying to convey here is this is important. It should be encouraging and used for edification. It is a gift that's been given to us. It's clearly laid out in Scripture, and it's something that we need to be paying attention to and refining. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So we just encourage you to do that. Appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Make sure and share this podcast with other people that need to hear the message. And until next time, um, I guess we'll see you later. <laughs> Guys, let me say one thing. I feel like I'm just going to model something. I feel like there's somebody here who, like Chris said, you're um, reticent on the fact uh, or the truth or even the possibility that you may hear God's voice. I'm sitting here. I'm feeling that. I'm getting a picture of someone driving in a car right now. This may be you. Maybe not be. You may be sitting in your uh, hotel or apartment or something. But I'm getting a picture of a person who's I'm driving in a car right now, and they were taught that God doesn't speak to them. Somehow it would be condescending to come down and speak to you, sort of the Epicureans and the Stoics in the first century thought that way, that it would be too condescending for God to speak to, to humans. And so they held God at a distance and served him at a distance, so to speak. And, and maybe you're here and you're wondering, I, I'm not, I just don't think, I don't subscribe to the truth that, that God um, speaks today. And yet you are a very sensitive person and you know things. And you discern things. And you, discern, you have a great radar, someone would say. And mm. you haven't understood that that actually is the voice of the Lord to you, and he prompts you well. Uh, I just want to introduce you to the fact that that is the Lord speaking to you, that there's so many different ways that he speaks. The other things, too, uh, maybe you're a Baptist. Um, you're a prime candidate to hear the voice of the Lord because you have so much of the word in you that you can, the written word, the logos, you can literally... Um, have a platform for solid theology because you have the word. We need Baptists prophesying. We need those of you who are strong in the word of God. Maybe you've been under a teaching anointing, primarily teaching and not prophetic. 
because you've sat under the word, you're a prime candidate to step into the prophetic gift that 1 Corinthians 14 talks about with balance. We need you. We need mature people who know the word, not just people who don't know the word. That's sort of people on this side of that gift have been cleaning up prophetic messes all over the planet from people who don't know the word. I would rather someone who knew the word step out into the gift um, than for someone who refuses to get into the word and thinks they have a gift. So you're the prime candidate if you know the word. Cessationist, Baptist, doesn't matter. If you know the word, then just ask the Lord, Lord, why do I feel things? Why do I know things? And just start there. And I believe this is a word of God, from God for you right now. Awesome. All right. Until next time.